0: Welcome to the Future Church Podcast, powered by Exponential, a podcast about innovative and emerging ideas in the North American church. With the need for the gospel in our generation, we must not look for a silver bullet approach. We believe there are many expressions to the local church, and we are seeking to discover and highlight new and effective ways that churches can impact our world with the gospel. For more information about Exponential's resources and upcoming events, visit exponential.org. Welcome to another episode of the Future Church Podcast. I am Carrie Williams, Exponential Special Projects Director and the Founder and CEO of the Truth Republic, and we're so glad that you've joined us again today. And today, um, I have the privilege of interviewing Armand Sheffi with Unshackled Network, and I'm thrilled to have him. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: All right. So, what is the Unshackled Network, and why did you start it?
1: Well, I think the what is is probably still in its formation. Uh, I, I feel like God is still developing us into who He truly has called us to be. But, um, in short, we are a decentralized network of microchurches uh, that are called to to try and help the marginalized in our area and beyond uh, experience freedom in Jesus. And we're trying to do that by equipping and empowering disciple makers who feel called to the forgotten. Um, so we, we, we're on mission trying to do all that we can to um, fulfill the Great Commission. And for us, uh, we really feel uniquely um, burdened and sent by the Lord to reach those that are in the poor and the marginalized communities. So that's who we are. And that's a little bit about what we're doing.
0: Yeah, so tell us where are you located and tell us a little bit more about the microchurches that you've already planted.
1: Sure, sure. Um, so we're located in Round Lake area. Um, there's there's a few uh, leaders in um, microchurches that are a little bit outside of Round Lake, but we're in uh, the Lake County, Illinois area. And uh, so that's about forty-five minutes to an hour north of Chicago. Maybe even easier to understand that we're closer to the Wisconsin border than we are to Chicago. And uh, I, I didn't, I didn't really mention why we were formed. We were really formed um, because the Lord broke our heart for um, the need for there to be ministry that connected with people that weren't currently being reached by those in uh, some of the, you know, the, the mainstream or normative uh, traditional uh, methods. And so because of that, some of the first ones that were formed um, really were, were coming out of the burdens that myself and one or two of the other leaders were having for some of the people that we were currently in relationship with but they were not connected to the church. They, they were not, you know, uh, feeling um, that there was, you know, anything real that was happening from what they were seeing out of the church. Um, so that, that wasn't okay with us. And uh, it, it began for me um, in uh, a, a sabbatical an actual sabbatical that I had taken uh, offline, we were talking about the fact that the sabbatical I just recently came from <laughs> did not really go as planned. <laughs> but but the, Lord, the Lord had set me down in 2018 on a trip to Canada and um, broke my heart um, for the poor. And out of that, I was realizing that there was a call for me just to do ministry in a very simple way. Uh, that didn't have all of the the things that end up taking so much of my energy that aren't actually commandments that Jesus had given us, and I was as a result not really giving enough energy to the things that Jesus had actually uh, called me to do, which is specifically uh, focusing on making disciples. Um. So the the very first one that I created was. Was actually unintentional. Um, I was trying to um, connect with these young guys who enjoyed music, and uh, I had just released a hip hop album. Uh, please don't get confused. I am I am not like a hip hop artist in that regard. I'm a creative, so. There's there's all sorts of things that come out of me that aren't necessarily what I do, um, it's just you know creative outlets. So anyways, there was there were some young guys who had um, recognized, oh you know he makes music, I want to do that. Let me learn. So I was just having these one on one conversations with a couple of guys who were really into hip hop, and they're trying to learn hip hop, and I'm trying to lead them to Jesus, and. I, I, As we were, you know, a few of us were talking about the formation of, you know, uh, simple gatherings, I I was trying to figure out, well, what what would God have me to do? And he'd laid it right in front of me, like, well, why don't stop having these one-on-ones, bring these guys together and start developing community. And that's what we did. And we call that Beats, Bars, and Bible. And we, we just got together and and. I'm I'm in the 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 first home of Beats, Bars, and Bible was my basement studio, and we would make music together. People would write lyrics, and we'd talk about the Lord. I'd I'd take them through some devotionals, and and I've raised up another leader who's now leading that. And um, one of the other microchurches that I'm super excited about it's called Frontline Street Intervention, which focuses primarily on uh, the at-risk youth in Round Lake, and uh, one of our amazing leaders, Chewy has been on mission for that population since well since he got out of prison Um, he was a guy who got into the the prison system was uh, a chieftain in the latin kings here in round lake and uh the lord got a hold of him after you know several years of him clearly going and leading others in the wrong direction uh the lord got a hold of him and he just then was on fire to make sure that there weren't any others as far as it depended on him that there weren't any others that would go down that same path and uh, He was involved with uh, this ministry years prior and then it fell apart There were some some issues that happened in the leadership there it it dissipated and when we were beginning our network we were looking to create something new and uh, Maybe two weeks after I'd started beats bars and Bible uh, the former leader of frontline came to him hat in hand saying hey um, i think you should just have this so he didn't have to start from scratch they were already a, a 501c3 and he they they have a a location in the basement of another church that they were using as offices so he was back up and running and they do ministry um in the gym in uh i think it's round lake middle school where they have uh what they call uh g life And they they have basketball gatherings and they do devotionals uh, where he shares, you know, uh, his testimony. But more than even those gatherings for him, his heart is those relationships with each one of those kids. And he was just celebrating with me. uh, I think it was two days ago. We were having our staff meeting. He was talking about how two of the guys that used to maybe five years ago go to that gathering are now working with him at uh, the the gym that he works at where he's a like a cleaning guy there and he was he was just remarking like this is what it's about like doing life with these kids and not just you know checking a box that they went to some program but that they are actually being discipled you know and that's what he does life on life discipleship so that's just a couple of uh, the micro churches that uh we we get the pleasure of being a part of here
0: yeah so good and tell me again why you know, I know you have a history and a background pastoring. Uh, cam- I think you were a campus pastor too at at, at one point. And mm-hmm. so, tell me why why micro You know, I, I like talk about that for a moment, and I sure. and I know this isn't an either or. It could be a right. both and those kind of things. But yeah. um, for the for the people listening who have that question floating around in their mind, like why start something new? You know, why not? You
1: know. Yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah. I think for for years. Um, well, first of all, when I when I. Um Came to faith. I wasn't actually involved in church whatsoever. I was in my garage, and the Lord just got a hold of me, and I was like, "I need to go to a church." So I went to the church that I knew. Shortly thereafter, I um, ended up finding the church that essentially spiritually raised me, which was Torch Church at the time, and that was the church where I became um, a campus pastor, and you know, was pastoring there for a handful of years. In that environment, I I, I fell in love. With ministry and was passionate about finding ways. And and as a creative in general, I'm just like, okay, what are creative ways to reach people and to try to get, grab a hold of people? The uh, the focus of the church, um, their uh, torch church, was really a, a target audience that was was the majority of the folks that would be in our you know our vicinity, with the idea of being, let's see if we can reach as many people as possible. So for me my heart however there there were so many people that weren't in that that large spectrum of people that we were targeting that I just knew that we we weren't going to be able to reach doing what we were doing. So for me it just became okay so what are other ways bringing that creative thought into what are some other ways that we could potentially reach people? And so I I then just began exploring and not really with an idea of this is going to be the way, just trying to find out what are other ways that people are doing things a lot like the people maybe that would be listening to this podcast they might be coming into this like i wonder what else there is what other ways there are out there and so i didn't go go into any sort of a search with a uh, end in mind just i believe in 2018 that sabbatical the lord when he was setting me loose to the poor the the thing that i really knew for sure was he was saying was there's more and like I was, I was, I was getting really good at this one way. And he's like, no, there's, there's so much more. And so then I actually uh went and visited uh, the Tampa Underground down in Tampa, spent a few days down there, and like my mind was being, you know, blown with all sorts of creative ideas and different expressions of the church. And for me specifically, um, I just was like, well. Let's let's try this. And as I've as I've been engaging with this, the thing that I would say, if you're looking for a why with micro churches, it's the the uh, amazing intimate relationships they were actually able to have that are nothing like I ever experienced in any of the other churches I was part of. And I never knew that I was missing anything. Like, had I not experienced this, I would have thought, yeah, this is this is this is what it is, you know. But this has felt like a whole different thing, a family. And that's when I even think about the, the greatest success stories that we've had as a ministry. It's not like, wow, all of these people got saved on this day. No, it's like there was a kid that was living in one of our people's basement for months. And now, you know, he's he's working a job. And when his car is breaking down, he he calls one of the guys and they take him to the, you know what I mean? Like it's. It's the family that came out of this, that that was not like before there was always a system to everything. And like, oh, this we do this on this day. We do that. And this is like, no, this is family. This is life.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: that to me felt really, really familiar to what I had read about, but never really experienced.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I love that. I think I think probably in in Carrie terms, I would say that getting into the messiness of life. Yeah. You know when Jesus stepped on the cross, it was messy. It wasn't, you know, it was it was very messy, and that, you know, therefore we're called to also be in the messy parts yeah. of life. And so um, I think you guys are doing that beautifully. And so here's a question that I think people would ask is what's the difference between a micro church and like your traditional disciple group or small group or you know whatever you want to call it um, that that stems from, you know, some of the larger churches when they meet in a sure. home?
1: Yeah. Um, And I I think for some people, it would be semantics. Um, For the way that we engage with microchurches, they're autonomous in that they aren't being like, I don't lead Beats, bars, and Bible. Actually, I started it. I was the leader of that, and then the Lord raised up this other young man who's an amazing rapper, and now he leads that. And as as the Lord leads him in the decision making of what he wants to do in that regard, he's free to do that. Um, there's a spiritual oversight as far as you know, um, you know, making sure that he's staying, you know, submitted to the Lord and um, continuing to, uh, you know, be a disciple himself as he leads other disciples, but it's not, they're not, they're not um, following a program or a plan that is prescribed by, you know, the quote unquote main body, you know, the, that there, there really is um, freedom. And, and that's one of the things that was a, a a hallmark for us. I mean, as the Unshackled Network was that you have the freedom to follow the Lord as he leads. I mean, we are, we are um, hyper-focused on the calling of the leaders. And th- that is actually our, our greatest barrier for ever having multiple, you know, uh, micro churches. It's, it's okay, has someone re- uh, received a calling that they now are burdened to go after? We don't just say, okay, hey you, are you ready to go lead? Here's what you do, now go do it. It's okay, what is the Lord calling you to? Let, let us help equip and empower you to go be about that, so I think those are some of the the differences. Because I've I've done small uh, small group leadership, and actually for most of my um, you know uh, church time in those days, that was one of my favorite things to do. And I think maybe it was because it was a shade or you know a, a, a taste of this, um, but the the fact that it's it's really up to you and your ability to lean into the Lord and and hear what He's calling you to do. And 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 what it also does is it raises the bar on what it is for those leaders. Like if you're a small group leader, there's always a level of, well, this is what they're telling us to do. So you can kind of like say, you know, I, there, there's, there's a certain amount of responsibility you don't have to take, but as a microchurch leader within our network, that's yours. Those, yeah. are, those are your people. So you shepherd them, you know? Yeah. so.
0: So when you talk about those leaders, what's what does that model look like for you guys as a network? Do you meet with them regularly? You know, you you mentioned you mentioned making sure that the leaders are still being discipled in order to disciple and those kind of things. And so what's that look like?
1: Yeah, currently, I think currently we're in a very uh, blessed space in the sense that we're still small enough that I haven't had to. Um, get even more creative with ways to do this. So right now, I individually meet with each one of the leaders one on one, and that's where we really go deep into how things are going. And you know, I'm, I'm asking all of those those questions that will help me just discern how they're doing spiritually and emotionally and, and all that. And then in beyond that, so I do that monthly on a monthly basis with each one of those leaders. And then beyond that, we have a monthly gathering that we call tribe which is with all the leaders coming together and that the purpose of that one is where they're able to get that shoulder to shoulder, like, you know, I'm not alone in this thing. And, you know, you're sharing out the struggles, the challenges of it, and hopefully maybe even getting some encouragement and, um you know thoughts about different ways to to look at some of the challenges because while they all have very different callings the the experiences are often very similar you know because you, you're you're out sometimes feeling like you're on an island pursuing the lord and leading folks you know and and um, um that the great value that comes out of that is they have a sense of community so that's that's uh model wise what we're currently doing there and i I'm, I'm continually trying to be creative on other things that i I add to that, that structure, but I try, I'm trying not to do too much because I feel like that's, for me, that's the biggest challenge, um, in, in a lot of this is overcomplicating things, you know, And, and, um, Oftentimes, when I get out of the way, the Lord just does his thing, and it's be- way better than anything I could plan. So,
0: yeah, I think we all have a tendency to overcomplicate everything, right? Yeah, yeah. God's ways are not like ours. Actually. No, <laughs> just the truth. Um, So, when it comes, you said each one of these micro churches are uh, independent, and so are they. um, are some of them set up as five hundred one c threes? Are they not? Is it you know just what are the, the the kinds of questions you know that are you know are kind of more business minded type sure. folks are thinking through? Just address some of that.
1: Yeah. So um, they're they're not. So there's there isn't one answer to that question because you already heard me mention um, frontline street intervention. They themselves are a five hundred one c three. All the other ones are not. They they are. Essentially, uh, just operating as people in homes doing ministry, like you know, before five hundred one anything was a thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. And um, we, as a network, actually have not even officially um, received our five hundred one c three. But we, we actually are still. If I'm just being vulnerable, we're still in the process of discerning, like, is that is that what we want? Is that you know? Because there's there's the the pros and cons of all of that. And uh, I, I'm still I'm still not yet 100% sure on that, but I believe there's great benefits in that, in the way that we can, uh, from a, um, you know, a business standpoint, really cover uh, the microchurches churches that are part of our network. So I, I'm leaning towards that, but there's there's really no one answer to that question, and I think that that really bears out with almost every kind of model type question you could ask about the microchurches themselves because they're just they're very different one actually right now one is 100 online one is uh leading in a, a basketball gym one's being led in someone's basement you know another one is a hybrid of online or out and about or you know so it we're it's it's that that's what what's what's so beautiful about it for me is that it's not so here's here's the challenge i love models i really do and the reason is it helps me move fast you know and it helps it helps the things just happen but that's also the greatest problem with the models is because in my desire to move fast and just get the thing done like I actually can, without recognizing it, be flying way past where the Spirit actually is calling me. Yeah. and and that's that's what so much of my ministry history has been. just like, all right, show me the system so I can rock this thing out and we can do this for the name of the Lord. And the Lord's oftentimes like, hey, I'm I'm still over here. <laughs> you are waiting, waiting for you to get this right here, you know, and uh, I'll end up circling the wagons. And I, and I I was just remarking with the staff uh, a couple of days ago that um, I feel like all the time I've spent kind of uh, poking fun of the Israelites and their journey in the wilderness. Like, how, why aren't you guys getting it? If I would sit back and look at the last five years, and if it wasn't my story, I'd literally be like, why aren't you getting it? <laughs> Why do you keep doing this? <laughs> so I think that's, we
0: can all say that we have those kind of moments for sure yeah, yeah. some longer than others, right? <laughs> uh, so so you mentioned staff or mm-hmm. is, is the staff paid? are they bi vocational? the leaders you know d- talk about that
1: piece sure um, we're we're all bivocational, absolutely all volunteer. Uh, there's no staff salaries, including myself um, all. All money that comes in, uh, we already actually have predetermined percentages of where it's going. Some of that's going globally. Some of it's going to local missions. Like one, the thing, here's what I get so excited about. When we come together and we talk, so we have our staff and then we have our board. And right now, it's mostly the same people minus one person. But when our board comes together, we're, we're almost always talking finances. And when I say that, if I were to stop right there, just like, oh, gosh, wow, that's all you guys talk about. But what's awesome about it is the conversation is, so who are we giving money to? Like the whole, like, and I'm like, man, is that what we're just going to become? Like, is that okay? Like, we're, we're just, we're the, we're the giving people. And I'm like, I think there's worse things that could be the trademark of who we are as the (laughs) generous people. So sure. So that's, that's, that's what we, we, we do, you know, as, as far as finances, but the staff. Really, they're the the initial crew, um, plus a couple of folks that have been called into that where they they feel really stirred up and they have um, some skills and some gifts that they want to use in the church in a different way. Um, but uh, they've we're we're, we're just a, a a roughneck group of of guys that are after work coming together, um, and, and there's a gal as well, um, that are coming together to try and uh, see where the Lord would lead us and how we can be about helping um, the microchurches uh, continue to flourish. Love so love
0: that. So at, I'm assuming that each one of them looks a little bit different as far as what they do mm-hmm. and do you incorporate live worship. I mean, I'm assuming the hip hop one does for sure in some form or fashion, right? But what about the others?
1: Yeah, so I think it's it's different. I think um, let's see. Well, there's so the hip hop one definitely does. Then there's so the online one. I mean, you <laughs> quote unquote live. I mean, so they're actually um, um, participating in the church services. I don't even remember they're they're watching an online service and th- so that's that's their content so it's it's really like easy for them and then they spend like an hour and a half afterwards talking about it and praying together so they have like a full like three-hour experience and part of that does include uh quote-unquote live worship uh the one that's in the basketball you know i think there's there's no um worship music involved there uh the one that i lead uh that's not a part of it either however when we come together sometimes in our um collectives like uh, there's there's one event that we would have called the table we haven't done it since covid uh, but uh this was uh, like a potluck you know gathering and we in, we involved uh music there there were you know conversations about making it into a little bit more of a worship experience but it was one of those things where we decided we didn't want to over program it again. And people were really enjoying just the really relaxed atmosphere to come together. So um, uh, worship on the music end is not something that is consistent. Fact, like I said, like there's, yeah. there's not much that's consistent. There's only three things that are consistent and it's the, uh, the ecclesial minimum that uh, you, uh, we um, were really grabbing a hold of when we um, went down there in Tampa and we're learning with the Tampa underground. It's worship and, community and mission. Yeah. And you'll see that everywhere. And where you don't, then we're starting to ask, is this actually a micro church?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So good. All right. So tell me about some of the fruit you're seeing. So, you know, whether it's like one story you want to tell or just in generalities, however you want to explain it, but just, you know, give us an idea of like, what what's God doing here?
1: Yeah. Well, I think a, a couple of the, the stories that I've already shared are ones that just warm my heart just about, and it's always just individuals, you know, um, the 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 two guys that are are now working and um, learning from uh, Chewy as, as he got them the jobs there. And then there's a young man who um, was living in in my basement and is now, you know, uh, working um, and being like he he's a guy he's a, he was a kid that was 14 when we really got connected with him. Wanted nothing to do with youth groups anywhere, but was all about being at beats bars and Bible each and every time that we would gather. And, um, uh, he's absolutely just thriving. And it's, it, when he, when we first met him, it was picking him up from a group home because he had gotten thrown out of a house and it was, it was, it was bad. It was really bad. So just seeing that, but I think one, one of the things that I think is my, my favorite story is the micro church that God built when I decided to, uh, do my actual sabbatical, my my. Uh, so I, I try to do. A, I call it a sabbatical. It's not really a sabbatical. I tr- I try to slow down and uh, relinquish leadership for a few weeks, at least once a year. So um, in twenty twenty, in the height of COVID, um, I uh, was going through some serious emotional pains during the george floyd protests and and all of that. And I was like, you know what? So this was an unplanned rest. And I was like, guys, i need to I need to unplug and really get tight with the Lord right now and hear from him. So i I quickly handed the reins off of some things to uh, some of the leaders. And um, one of the things that in this story i I missed was the couple of weeks prior to that, I had been, um, just randomly on Facebook, doing um, like the the Facebook Watch, where you're like you can watch a video with somebody. I don't, I don't remember what they were calling it. I was watching a sermon, and I decided I'll, I'll watch on Facebook. And then a couple of people came in, were were chiming in in the chat, and um, then uh, they were like, "Hey, can we do this again next week?" And I'm like, "Okay, sure. I can, I can do this again next week." And this. It was at the same time that uh, the microchurch I had been leading in my home was shut down because of COVID and we just had stopped. So I was like, oh, okay. well, I guess we can kind of start doing this thing on Facebook. And then the week after that, we got Zoom for the first time. And then it became, oh, I guess we'll do this over Zoom. so now we can actually see each other's faces. And then this older couple, who doesn't really do technology, but they they found us, they started uh, attending, invited uh, the the husband of this couple, invited his brother and sister-in-law. Then it was Easter. They both got saved at this <laughs> gathering. and And then I come back from sabbatical, and one of the guys who had handed this to was like, hey, I think those two are supposed to lead this and we i asked them I, are you feeling like this is something that the lord may be stirring they're like we love it like we we could use some help technology wise but we would absolutely love to and we're like okay let's do it and so that church which was in my home doing food and you know whatever that that version of it uh then became this online church that is led by two people that were were just seeing the Lord move in a miraculous way, so they were hooked, you know. And so like that's a story that I absolutely love because that is clearly the church that God built. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I didn't have anything to do with that really. Just yeah. just was like, okay, sure, we'll 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 press play. So yes. it's yeah, yeah. So, so exactly I said yes. And it's so exciting now to see them they're the hungriest, like no no offense, staff, if you're listening, those two, they're the hungriest of anybody else in our entire ministry right now. They're like, all right, what's next? Like they're trying to learn and grow and they're passionate, so I love it.
0: That's so great. I I love nothing more than when people step into, um, you know, their unique specific calling to fulfill the purpose of making God known in the earth. And so that excites me to hear about that couple. Um, So let me ask this question. What are the plans for the future? Like, you know, when you sit back and you dream as a creative, I know you're doing this daily <laughs> yeah. Fake rabbit trail into 500 different things. Cause I'm also, yes. creative. but, um, but when you think about it, like, you know, a year from now, two years from now, you look back, what do you hope this looks like? What do you hope unshackled network? It, it looks like.
1: So I think the place where I try to, um, make my home in as far as dreaming is uh I, I'm tempted to to think about you know how many people um we would have attending the microchurches and growth in that way. But the thing, the thing that I, I believe that the Lord's actually really calling me to continue to focus on multiplying is leaders. And and as as I'm passionately pursuing the different ones that I'm I'm getting a sense he may be drawing that that is where I want to see more and more of his spirit like at work and come alive. So so my focus is on trying to right now um, do all I can to in some ways uh, create some structure around some some uh, consistency around uh, the the leadership development and uh, uh, um, trying to draw out of folks their callings so that we can continue to release more and more. Out into the mission um so my my hope is that by this time i see I'm, I'm i'm like nervous even saying it <laughs> because like, here's what happens here's what happens carrie when i say something like that the 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 gears inside of me are like now go make it happen and that's just not it you know and like it's, it's got to be his but i wrote i wrote down at an exponential gathering that on a on a piece of paper actually it was on a napkin, the
0: napkin. The it was nap- a
1: napkin It was a napkin.
0: One of those napkins. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) And this was at a time when I was not like leading a church. It was a 2015, and I felt like the Lord had was beginning to call me towards that. And but was telling me it's not now. Like it's coming, but not now. So I was like, okay. So I I wrote this down 2025, 25 churches by 2025. And I didn't know anything about church planning yet at the time. And now um, it it actually makes sense how that you know could be, um, so I we're at we're at five, and I believe for five times, um, so I believe that uh, God is going to multiply. So what that tells me is that um, I need to raise up about twenty more leaders, uh, who are called to um, the mission field out here in the Round Lake area, and it's not even just Round Lake. That's what's kind of crazy to me right now. In the past two months, there have been like pastors in other countries that are like really trying to be a part of what we're doing and i'm and i'm trying and i feel like i'm also i'm almost pushing back at that and like oh but i don't know that that's who we are but the lord i feel like the lord's doing something there so i don't know there might be an unshackled global coming i don't know
0: yeah i love it yeah Um, well, I, I, I just want to say that, that I love what you're doing. I love the way that you're doing it. I think that this was insightful for others to hear and learn about and to um, allow space inside of them for the Holy Spirit to speak into those places where maybe we lean into best practices and models and methods, right. which are all good and needed mm-hmm. and right. Um, and and like I said before, I don't think it's an either or. It's a both yeah. and. Yeah. And um, when, we, when we function in the both and, then, you know, the gospel will go to the ends of the earth.
1: right? Oh, Amen. I, I love. There's a book that just that actually spoke directly to that for me by uh, Hugh Halter, that uh, I think it's is it just called And or Gathered and Scattered something like that. It was it was a turning point book for me, so I, w- I would I well, would recommend that for game, some right? others. Yeah, yeah,
0: fantastic. Um, well. Armand, if if people want to know more about Unshackled Network, is there somewhere they that they can go, or an email that that they, you can share with them, or anything like that? That if somebody's like, man, I'd love to talk to him more.
1: Sure. Well, to to reach me uh, individually, I mean, you can find me all over social media. Anywhere at Pastor Fury, um, that's my my nickname. Um, that, there's a story behind that, so you'll have to message me to find out. Um, or you can email me, arman at unshacklednetwork.org. That's A-R-M-A-N at unshacklednetwork.org. Or you can go on our website, unshacklednetwork.org, and uh, find out a little bit more about us. So that, I think, does it.
0: That's perfect. Thank you. And thanks for joining us today. And. Um I'm so glad that you were part of the 20 projects that we had in Austin, Texas, that we that we highlighted and learned more about. And now I'm glad that uh, those listening right now had the opportunity to learn more about what you're doing too. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you.